Merry Christmas and welcome to the Henderson County Performing Arts Center, or as we say HICPAC, radio show. Since you can't come see us right now, we're bringing HICPAC to you on KLVQ 94.5 FM and 1410 AM. Tonight, enjoy a Christmassy HICPAC play written by Marsha Colbert entitled It's a Dastardly Life. Starring Jay Nyswanger as George Baleful, Cameron Griffiths as dastardly fallen angel Nick, Dan for short, Cassandra Schwantes as Mary Baleful and Mary Barfly, and Gordon Mayhall as Harvey, the giant white rabbit angel. Narrated by John Wilson and directed by Steve Leach, this production was recorded live with safe social distancing at the Henderson County Performing Arts Center. Tonight's performance is brought to you by the Siler Veterinary Clinic and Dennis and Karen Gilmore. And special thanks to Taylor Honey for his creativity and production assistance. And remember, you can stream this as well as all our radio plays on our HickPack podcast right after this broadcast. Just search for HickPack or Henderson County Performing Arts Center wherever you get your podcasts. And now, it's a dastardly life. It's Christmas Eve, a time of joy, anticipation, warm feelings for our family and friends. It's a time for goodwill towards men. Well, except for the George Baleful family. The children are tucked all snug in their beds with visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads. But George and his lovely wife Mary are distraught. Uncle Billy had the toys for Tot's toys, and the food pantry food stolen from him by some unscrupulous Grinch when he went into the fire station to find a willing firefighter to help him bring in all the toys from his car. George, you might as well go to bed. There's nothing you can do about the stolen toys for the children and canned goods and turkeys for the food pantry. I know you worked extra hard this year, so... Deserving families all over Henderson County would have a nice Christmas. But what's done is done. It's Christmas Eve, and I'm afraid there just aren't going to be any miracles. People will understand. I hope. But now, well, now it's just too late. If only Uncle Billy hadn't gone into the Thirsty Turtle for three or four toasts to the Christmas season. Maybe he would have been more careful about locking the car, or maybe those uncaring Christmas spoilers would have been somewhere else wreaking havoc. Unscrupulous people seem to come out of the woodworks this time of year. Don't they care who suffers? Maybe I can figure something out. (sighs) I think I'll sit here a while. Maybe I'll have a bright idea. I'm just so sorry, darling. I know Uncle Billy is, too. He feels just awful. I hope he can get some rest. His lumbago has been giving him trouble lately. Really isn't his fault, George. Try to forgive him. Maybe things will look better tomorrow. Christmas has a way of making everything seem... brighter. This is just a nightmare! So many girls and boys won't have a Christmas or a special dinner. I'm a failure. My whole life has led me to this point of utter catastrophe. Look what a disaster I'm responsible for. I should have delivered everything myself, but Uncle Billy really wanted to help, and I thought it would be okay to trust him. 
I'll never be able to hold my head up in town again. But what really bothers me is the kids I'm letting down. Little children will cry Christmas morning. Their parents will shun me. I'd rather be dead than disappoint a little kid or a needy family. George, George, don't say that. People will understand. Stop torturing yourself. Sometimes bad things just happen. I wish there was something I could do. Why don't you come upstairs with me? Soon. Soon. I just need some time by myself. I need to try to sort this out if I can. Don't be long, dear. I'll leave the hall light on for you. I'll be along presently. I just can't sleep right now. George sits in a chair and holds his head inconsolable. He begins talking to himself, and not too kindly either. Things will never be brighter. And Why do I care anyway? What difference do I make? I should have never been born. The world would just be better off without me. George falls back in his chair. All the Christmas spirit escapes his body in one loud sigh. <sighs> then, exhausted, he closes his eyes. Ah, buck up, Georgie. This is just the excuse you've been looking for to get out of your humdrum life. You don't need all this stress over a bunch of deadbeat parents and their whiny brats. It's not your problem. There's a great big world out there you've never seen. You've been too busy being a goody two-shoes to experience the shadier, more exciting things. And I'm just the one to show you around, get you started with a new beginning. Forget about those kids and their toys. They'd be broken by New Year's anyway. And they'll never miss one pumpkin pie, more or less. Let's have some fun. Be happy. Waking with a start, George opens his eyes to see, standing next to his chair, an odd-looking reddish man in a black hooded cape. The man gives his cape a flourish to reveal a red lining, a red three-piece polyester leisure suit with a red silk shirt and a white accent tie. As his hood falls back, a single glittering red horn is revealed, perched to the side of his right temple. Jumping to his feet in amazement, George blurts out, Who the... I mean, heck, are you? And what do you know about my life? I'm ruined. I'll never be happy or have fun again. Go away and leave me alone. Now, now, Georgie, don't be a gloomy Gus. Allow me to introduce myself. Dastardly fallen angel. For those of you who want to get technical, Nick. You can call me Dan for short. I've got plans for your Christmas Eve and they don't include moping around in your lazy boy looking for sympathy. I'm going to show you just how rewarding your life could have been up to now, and how I'm going to help you achieve some new thrilling and exciting long-term goals. We're off on a hair-raising adventure. It's never too late to start over. Let's get to it. Dan moves toward George, who's looking at him in confusion. Hey! Aren't you supposed to have two horns? You are the devil, aren't you? What gives? Not so loud. Give a guy a break. This is a touchy subject. You got me, all right. I am a little lopsided just now. There's only one real devil, you know. The rest of us are just wannabes, and we have to earn each horn. 
I've been working on that second one for about 200 years now. Almost had it too, but then a bunch of do-gooder ghosts got a hold of my mark, and he went the other direction. And it was on Christmas Eve too. I've had a really hard time living that one down, I'll tell you. Anyway, I've been trying to earn it back ever since. And now you, Georgie old buddy old pal, you're going to get me my second horn. Then I can assume my rightful place down under. And I don't mean Australia, mate. I'll be a full-fledged assistant soul supplier. Hmm. Assistant soul supplier? I wouldn't want those letters after my name. And just how is it I'm going to help you get that second horn? All in good time, Georgie. All in good time. And from now on, no more wisecracks, see? I'm in charge here, and it's time to blow this joint. And with that, the mysterious, malevolent-looking stranger grabbed George by the arm roughly and started to lead him away. Suddenly, everything went black. When he came to, there, standing on the other side of him, was a giant white rabbit. And the rabbit spoke. Uh, hey, huh, what's a... Uh, Not so fast there, wicked one. You can't just whisk George off that easily. You may have plans for him, but I'm here to make sure he gets both sides of the story. Then he can decide which path he wants to take, yours or mine. And by the way, there was one little bit of information you forgot to give George, wasn't there? What the devil? You're in the wrong play. Get lost, <laughs> harebrain. I've got a lot to do and just one night to do it, so scram. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Information <laughs> I forgot to tell George? I've been totally transparent. Ha! George, listen to me. My friend, if you fail to get Dan his other horn, he forfeits the one he has. So, he has extra incentive to put extra pressure on you. Just keep that in mind, so you'll have a hard time getting rid of me, oh red one. I'm coming with, so just deal. Now, now, wait a, just a darn minute. Where are we going? Don't I have any say here? No. no. The Siler Veterinary Clinic, located at 2007 South Palestine Street in Athens, is proud to serve Athens, Palestine, Cedar Creek Lake area, Murchison, and surrounding areas. They're dedicated to providing the highest level of veterinary medicine, along with friendly, compassionate service. They believe in treating their patients as their own pets. Highly trained, experienced animal lovers who are devoted to giving their patients the best possible care. Call them at 903-675-5401.
What do you think, Georgie? Some joint, huh? Everybody's having such a good time. Christmas cheer, you know? And look at that torch singer. Some babe, huh? Shall I introduce you? Uh, I don't know. She's not really my type. George, slightly embarrassed to be in such a seedy joint, starts to back away when suddenly, taking a closer look at the singer, Decked out in a black feather bow over her red sequin slinky dress, balancing a long cigarette holder with an obviously adult beverage, he gasps. Wait just a darn minute! That's my Mary! What's she doing in a dive like this? And why is she dressed that way? And she's smoking! Mary doesn't smoke or drink. She's the mother of my children! Not in this reality, she isn't, George. See... You and Mary never met if you weren't ever born, and she never met a nice guy like you. Just jerks who only wanted a good time. Her poor, old, sick, dying mother had to have someone support her, and Mary had to take the only job she could find here at the Moose Lodge. Those moose can get sort of rowdy sometimes. Antlers, you know? Mary! Mary! It's no use, Georgie. She can't see or hear you. Besides, she's got to make some tips tonight. Christmas Eve, those moose like to get tanked up and then they tip big, especially if she sings them a special song in the back room, if you catch my drift. Even as Dan speaks, George can see one of the moose trying to nudge Mary into the back room for a private song. What? No! Mary! Mary, don't do it! And think of your poor children, George. They've never been born. They'll never have a loving home with two fine, upstanding parents like you and Mary. It's a real shame. Wouldn't you say so, George? <sighs> ah, lay off the schmaltz, you wingless wonder. Georgie here is looking for some excitement, some thrills, good times, exotic places. Right, Georgie? He's had enough of that humdrum, boring, vanilla life. He wants some spice, right, Georgie? Throw caution to the winds. Go bold or go home, that's what I always say. Gosh, spice does sound more interesting than vanilla, but I don't know. I, I really love my wife and kids, and you make it sound like I can't have both. Well, sure you can have both, George. Think about it, though. You're really lucky. Mary is a great wife and mother, and a great partner, too. Doesn't she stand by you in thick and thin? Isn't she steady as a rock? You can always count on Mary, right? Well, golly, that's right, but couldn't there be some excitement, too? Mm. I mean, she does look pretty sexy there. Mmm, now you're talking, Georgie. Excitement! Forget about all those responsibilities that are holding you back. Mary's your rock? <laughs> More like ball and chain, I'd say. Come on with me. We've still got a lot of traveling to do tonight. Maybe we can dump bugs here along the way. 
What a drag. Just try it, Beals and Dud. I've still got first dibs on him, Harv, my fine furry friend. Your tricks aren't nearly as slick as mine. So why don't you just make yourself invisible so we don't have to look at your twitching nose all the time? Ha, I don't need tricks, Nick. And I'm not your friend. All your friends are fiends just like you. They'd stab you in the back with a pitchfork if you were down. And they'd laugh about it too. I have faith in George. He'll do the right thing. You just wait and see. Do your worst or best or whatever. You've met your match in Harvey. Count on it. Will you two stop bickering over me? I'm not some prize calf at the fair. If we're going, let's get going. I can't look at this any longer. Dr. Sue Ellen Seiler has been practicing veterinary medicine at the Seiler Clinic at 2007 South Palestine Street in Athens since June 1990. The clinic was built by her dad, who retired in 1991. In 2012, a separate grooming and boarding facility was constructed to provide a more peaceful hospital work environment. The Seiler Clinic offers a variety of services for your pet. For more information, call 903-675-5401. As if by magic, black magic maybe, the tawdry bar fades from view and our traveling trio find themselves outside the window of a modest house, looking in at a not-so-typical family. These folks are down on their luck, and it shows, but they're trying to be brave. Where are we? <clears throat> it's cold out here. And who? Wait. I think I recognize those people. That's Bob Ratchet. And his wife and their kids. Oh, look. There's tiny Tiffany. She's so sweet, bless her heart. And so brave. They never found out why her little leg won't work. She has to hobble around on that crutch all the time. But she's never without a smile or a kind word. As they watch, Bob brings in the scrawniest excuse for a Christmas tree George has ever seen. The whole family starts bringing in what meager Christmas decorations they have, and they cheerfully sing Deck the Halls as they decorate the tree. I can't bear this. It's my fault. All my fault. Get a grip, guy. It's not the end of the world. They've had worse Christmases, and they'll probably have more. It's just part of life. Harvey glares at Dan and is just about to give him a rabbit punch when... Look, they're sitting down to dinner. It was supposed to be a turkey donated by Brookshire's, but... What? Oh, no. Mrs. Ratchet is bringing in a beat-up Ken's pizza box. That's their Christmas dinner? Sometimes bad things happen, George. Poor Bob here lost his job a few months ago. 
Miss Ratchet and the kids got COVID, and they're just now recovering. Bob is a proud man. He really hates having to depend on charity. Maybe next year will be better. Right now, they're just making do the best way they can. I've never been so embarrassed, so humiliated. I let that whole family down. But mostly, I'm sad for the kids. What must they think of their father? And Santa! Santa never lets down the children. What a rotten end for a rotten year. Uh, Harvey, what are they saying now? I I can't quite make it out. Well, they're saying grace, George. Can't you hear tiny Tiffany? She just said, God bless us, everyone. Such a generous and forgiving child. I don't deserve to be blessed. Don't make me watch. It's too terrible. I let those good people down. It's not their fault they need help. Everybody needs help every once in a while, but especially this year. They were counting on me, on me. I might as well go with Dan right now. That's where I belong, in some godforsaken hole where I'll never see the light of day again. <laughs> now you're talking, Georgie. I know it's not pretty, maybe, but once we leave, you can forget all about them. That's what most folks do, right? Life has its ups and downs. You can't save the world, Georgie. Your toys and food are just a drop in the bucket for folks like this. I mean, like one family makes a difference. Forget about them. Oh, that is some philosophy, you... You Grinch. Now you're mixing up your stories again, Captain Carrot. Oh, whatever. I know you don't have a live ember in your cold heart. You may come from the hot place below, but your heart is, well... Uh, You probably don't even have a heart. George, can't you see what he's trying to do? Maybe you can't save the world, but if enough of you work together, you can always make a difference. Without you and all of the people who help donate, the ratchets and hundreds of families like them will continue to have bleak Christmases. You can Make a difference. Stifle it, hop along. I've had just about enough of your soapbox railings. Georgie's a big boy, and he knows there's no end to the suffering and need in this world. Just ignore him, Georgie boy. Forget what you see. It'll go away. Just ignore the whole unsavory scene. That's what I do. Think about the babes, the high times. I've got a feast planned for you that'll knock your socks off. Turkey straight out of the fire, all the trimmings, and served by the hottest little cuties you ever saw. I inherited them from Nero. Now there's a guy I can relate to. No, I can't unsee this. I'll see that poor family until the day I die. I want to go home now. I've seen enough. All in good time, Georgie. All in good time. I've got a really special place lined up next. I suppose you're coming to Mopsy. Darn tootin' I am. And the name's Harvey, Mr. Hot Pants. Once again, the motley mix of travelers takes off. Dan pulling George on one side and Harvey pulling George on the other. He's beginning to feel a bit like Christmas taffy. Thank you.
The Seiler Veterinary Clinic, located at 2007 South Palestine Street in Athens, is proud to serve Athens, Palestine, Cedar Creek Lake area, Murchison, and surrounding areas. They're dedicated to providing the highest level of veterinary medicine, along with friendly, compassionate service. They believe in treating their patients as their own pets. Highly trained, experienced animal lovers who are devoted to giving their patients the best possible care. Call them at 903-675-5401. What's this? This isn't where we were headed. I smell a rabbit. What kind of fast one are you trying to pull, you mangy rodent? This is my party. Come on, Georgie. We're getting out of here. Sorry, Dan, but we're here by my powers. And now that you are here, you have to stay until I say otherwise. You should have read the small print. (sighs) I'll get you for this. Don't think I won't. You just wait. You'll be spinning on a spit before I get through with you. Ever heard of Christmas, Rabbit? It'll be a new tradition all over the world. Where are we, Harvey? I don't like this place. It's creepy. Can we go somewhere else? We will, George. But first, I want you to see something. As the three stand uncomfortably in the howling wind, surrounded by a starless night sky and the tombstones of many who've made the ultimate journey home, a small contingency, all dressed in black, emerges from the mist, carrying a plain pine box. Soon they reach their destination and lower their burden onto the cold, damp ground. George gasps as he sees the tombstone. No, no, I don't want to die in disgrace. Why is this happening? What are they saying? What are they saying? Please, Harvey, tell me. To put it simply, George, they are mourning your tragic end. They are lamenting the fact that after you failed to bring Christmas to the needy children and the families, you went down a path to rack and ruin. They would have helped you, George, if only you had asked for help, but you went your own way. Some of them imagine that you took up with the devil. They'll never know exactly what happened. All they can do now is mourn your passing and stand with regret at what might have been. Poor George. They just keep saying, poor George. He had a lot of potential. Easy there, Georgie. If this is your final curtain, if you followed me, you must have had one hell of a ride. If anyone knows how to party, it's old Nick himself. I can show you. Come on, we'll go to parties. There'll be dancing, drinking, gambling, hoochie mamas. There's no end to the decadence I can provide. And all you have to do is turn over your soul when it's all over. No biggie, right? What are you talking about? Turn over my soul? You never said anything about turning over my soul. I don't want to turn over my soul to you or anybody else. Harvey, is this the way it has to be? Am I doomed? No, George. 
but you'll have to come with me. I'm the only one who can save you. Come with me, George. There's a scuffle. Dan and Harvey are pulling George in opposite directions. He cries out, let me go! There's no time to waste. We've got a lot of living to do, remember? Chips, booze, travel, money, great food, anything you want, Georgie. You can have it all. No, no, leave me alone. I just want to go home to my family. Mary, Mary. Dr. Sue Ellen Seiler has been practicing veterinary medicine at the Seiler Clinic at 2007 South Palestine Street in Athens since June 1990. The clinic was built by her dad, who retired in 1991. In 2012, a separate grooming and boarding facility was constructed to provide a more peaceful hospital work environment. The Seiler Clinic offers a variety of services for your pet. For more information, call 903-675-5401. In the past 56 years, Hickpack has had many angels, the folks who help us out when we've been in need. We used to put our wishes on our lobby Christmas tree, and folks would grab a wish and make it come true when they came to see the Christmas show. But this year, there won't be 100 or even 50 bright-eyed youngsters excited enough to burst as a show comes to life amid sets, lights, and holiday costume. Not this year. Our wish this season is to keep this little Athens theater alive, and you could be one of our angels. We are struggling to stay alive until we can come back with wonderful plays and programs, but we can't do it without your help. We can't do it without you. Please be a Hickpack angel this year. It's totally tax deductible. Send to Hickpack, P.O. Box 102, Athens 75751, or donate at hickpack.org. And we will ring a bell for you as you get your wings for being one of our dearest angels. No, no, leave me alone. I just want to go home to my family. Mary, Mary. George, George, what is it, dear? Are you all right? George wakes up startled, looks around to see where he is, and by some miracle, he's back in his own living room. Oh, Mary, Mary, hold me, Mary. Don't ever turn loose of me. Is it really you? Was I dreaming? Oh, it was terrible. The devil tried to take me away, and then Harvey the White Rabbit came, and he was trying to save me, and all the time I just kept saying I want to go home, but I couldn't get back. Oh, Mary. It's all right, George. You're awake now. It was just a bad dream. You've been through a lot, my darling, but everything is all right. You're safe at home where you belong. 
Here, dear, sit down. You're shaking. But it was so awful. They kept arguing about who was going to take me, and you were working for tips at the Moose Lodge, and they kept trying to take you to the back room because you were flirting with them for tips so you could save your sick, dying mother, and you couldn't hear me, but I kept saying, no, no, don't do it, and you sang. I didn't know you could sing, Mary. And the Ratchets had no toys for the kids, and they had to have Ken's pizza out of the garbage for Christmas dinner, but Tiny Tiffany blessed us all anyway. And then I died, and everybody said a prayer for me, and they were all sorry because they said I had a lot of potential, and that's what it said on my tombstone. He had a lot of potential. My worst nightmare come to life. And they wondered what happened to me, why I started leading a depraved life, and then Harvey and Dan started fighting over me again, and I just wanted to come home. George, you are overwrought. It was a dream. Come sit down and I'll make you some hot cocoa. Now who on earth? And at this time of night, it's almost midnight. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. What? What's going on? Who's at the door? And what's all this? George, look! It's toys and turkeys and all kinds of food. And wait, there's a note. I heard what happened to Uncle Billy, how those scoundrels stole all the Christmas goodies. I just couldn't let all those families go without a proper Christmas. All my best. Keep fighting the good fight, Santa. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, all those families will have a Merry Christmas after all. But we've just got to get busy now and distribute all this. If Santa can do it, so can we. George and Mary hug once more, and they begin to gather all the Christmas goodies together. They've got a lot to do and not much time to do it. But wait, what's this? Two figures lurk outside observing the hustling and bustling. It's Harvey and Dan. With great relish, Harvey plucks Dan's horn off his head and tosses it into the darkness. Looks like Dan is going to have to start all over earning his horns. But Harvey doesn't feel sorry for him. Do you? Me neither. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.